0: in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last year, obviously before COVID, I decided to take a couple of days off and my family and I, we went to a favorite getaway spot. The hotel was such that it delivered a nice basket of pastries and coffee in the morning, along with a newspaper. It happened to be the LA Times. And it was a relaxing morning. The pastries were fresh, and sunshine was coming in through the window. The coffee had a freshly brewed aroma. And for a few minutes, life was so good. And I was so grateful for the time to relax and to be pampered. That soon ended when I opened up the newspaper and read the headlines on the front page. And these were the exact headlines right-wing extremism stymies fbi fears for safety persist in el paso caught in manson's spell that would be charles manson how the manipulative mastermind kept his girls in his grip and finally preaching hate in a blue state capital all of these articles had one thing in common Dreadful acts due to the othering of others, which led to violence. And they all spoke about groups who spewed hate. One article chronicled the FBI's work in rooting out American white supremacist groups. The other wrote about the aftermath after the racially motivated shooting in El Paso. The third article was about the evil manipulation of Manson. And the latter article spoke about a so-called Christian leader and preacher in Sacramento who actually preached favorably about and affirmed the violence done to the LGBTQ community, especially especially the shooting at the Orlando nightclub in Florida. He praised this in the name of Jesus. This preacher with a growing congregation, and I won't call him a pastor, actually had a platform of hate and violence and clothed it in Christianity. And it is a movement that according to this article that is growing in very conservative circles up and down the state. Families with children were hearing these messages. There was a Sunday school Hate and violence were directed toward immigrants as well, and after reading the article, I was so angry. Here we are, trying to build up our parish communities and to reach out to our local communities in healthy ways and to proclaim the gospel of love to a hurting world, a gospel of hope and inclusion, the good news of reconciliation and forgiveness, and it's the people who call themselves Christian and who do and say heinous things that get the front page treatment giving those who say they don't need religion in their lives the opportunity to say, see, this is why religion is bad. Religion is hateful and extreme. But then, but then remember, how many marveled at our presiding Bishop Michael Curry's sermon about love at the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Bishop Curry made the media rounds the following week, and all who all who interviewed him seemed so delighted and, and, and even surprised about his message of love that, that, that he would even have a message about love, as if, as if it had been a refreshing drink of water in a parched landscape. And based on the positive reaction to his sermon, he had preached to a parched world. Preaching about love is not a new sermon. Churches around the country preach it all the time, but, but we aren't heard as much as the ones who preach about hate. People are surprised to hear about Christian communities who don't exclude, but who really are inclusive and who really do the hard work of reconciliation. So let me say this right now, hate is not a Christian value. The front page of this newspaper was abundantly dark, and a response to the hate that is spewed in gunfire against innocent shoppers at a Walmart in El Paso and and the rise of white supremacism and and, and in the murderous delusions of a psychopath wielding fear and terror over innocence. But again, what is so unexcusable are those who profess to preach the gospel of Jesus who put forth a gospel of hate instead. And when a larger and larger percentage of people in this country say that they are non-believers who don't find the church relevant? Isn't it obvious why? Why would anyone want to be part of an institution or faith practice that tells them that their family member, their neighbor, their son, daughter, is to be shunned? That it's okay to gun them down in a nightclub, or that it's appropriate to espouse hate on those who are less fortunate than we are? Why would anyone want to explore Christianity when that is all they hear? Like I say, those who preach hate seem to have the loudest voices, while many who live faithful Christian lives and who are a a quiet blessing to others go under the radar and are unnoticed. Will the real Christianity please step forward? Today is our Patronal Feast Day, King Edmund of East Anglia, martyred for his Christian faith. Now, legend has it that Edmund was the first patron saint of a united England at a time when the Danes, who were thought to be Christian-hating marauders, relentlessly plundered and ravaged the countryside. Edmund is said to have given up his life rather than surrender to the Danes. According to accounts, he said, I would rather die if necessary for my own land and almighty God knows that I will never turn aside from his worship and his true love. Whether I die Or live. He stated that he would never bow to the destructive invading leadership unless the invading leadership were to first bow to Christ. Not to bow to him, Edmund, so that Edmund could have the power, but to Christ. Well that didn't happen and Edmund was murdered and later deemed a martyr. What is a martyr? Well, a martyr is someone who sacrifices his or her well-being for the sake of his or her religious beliefs. And we can actually expand this definition to include someone who gives up his or her life or safety or or well-being rather than betray something that is sacred to themselves. However, a martyr is someone who doesn't give up their lives merely for a generic set of beliefs. Their beliefs are ingrained into the very fabric of their being. And it is virtually impossible to deny one's own being, right? One's very self-identity. So theirs is a faith that goes from believing to being. Going from believing to being itself. The choice is simple, to be or not to be. That is question. Christianity for the martyrs is not a a simple creed. It is life itself. It is a way of being. When put to the test, denounce your faith or die, they would rather die. Because living is not worth living if you actually have to deny your very being, right? Remember, the young teenage girl, her name was um, Cassie, Back in the horrific 1999 Columbine shootings, when one of the deranged gunmen put a gun to her head and asked her if she was a Christian, most likely knowing that if she said yes, she would die. And she still said yes. And she sadly and tragically was shot and killed because of her answer. Articles spoke of her as a modern-day martyr. Now, obviously, King Edmund lived during a time when war was a fact of life. People who were different from each other, those who had the most power and strength, got to ravage and pillage and plunder and murder. If you didn't do it to the other, the other would do it to you. In this respect, choosing hate, the other may have even— if you, if you chose to hate the other, you may even have ensured your survival rate. Martyrs like Edmund, like many saints, who didn't fall to the pressure of denouncing their faith, they may have lost their life, but they gained their lives in that they didn't deny their very identity, their very existence. Jesus, later in Matthew, says, those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. So we look at this gospel today and see that what Jesus is doing with his statements to the disciples is, re- is, is he's requiring them to take a journey and for us to take a journey that will lead us from a generic believing to a courageous and committed being. Jesus is predicting that the disciples who go out into the world spreading the gospel, which is a gospel of justice and peace and inclusivity and reconciliation and forgiveness and love, that they will be hated for it. They will, they will be hated for preaching about all of these great things, all of this good news that is meant to transform the world from, from one where powers struggle to dominate each other by plundering and pillaging to a world where there might actually be peace and joy yeah instead of of being embraced for this amazing vision they will be persecuted for it jesus says they need to be wise as serpents but gentle as doves he doesn't say that they must be equally vicious like the wolves they will encounter last week we heard a little bit about what it takes to be wise and to have wisdom To be wise is to to be and stay committed to God, to trust that the Spirit of God will, as Jesus says, give you the words and will speak through you. If you stay committed to God, you will be equipped to handle the rejection and the hate, and not only that, but to speak out against the hate. God will give you the words. To be like a dove is to be gentle, yes, but... But doves were often birds that were used for atonement sacrifices. So they were offerings meant to bring about atonement, to bring about reconciliation. For the disciples to be like a dove would mean that they were to sacrifice their safety to bring about the peace and reconciliation to the communities where they were being sent. So if you can't truly be the gospel— and you only generically believe the gospel, you cannot survive the persecution. You will not be able to withstand the arrows that are thrust at you when encountering hate. You may just retreat instead of trusting that you can, you can speak out against it. Trust that the Spirit of God will give you the words. In this passage from Matthew, in the verses preceding, Jesus is sending the 12 not to the people who will likely be converted the gentiles the samaritans he's sending them to whom he calls the lost sheep of israel in other words he's sending them to their own people their own families their own communities and even though they will be going likely to people that they are similar to they will be eaten alive they will be like sheep fed fed to the wolves They will be attacked and they will be persecuted because they have now been changed by the presence of christ they will preach a different word from what their families are used to and they will not be welcome spoiler alert next week we will hear in matthew how those who are inhospitable to others how those who hate and reject the other will fare at the time of judgment and here's a little hint it doesn't turn out very well so stay tuned Jesus sends the disciples into the wolf's den in the hopes that their commitment to God and their sacrifice of self will reconcile the wolves and bring them into the safety and the security and the ultimate peace of the sheepfold. One can only hope. So here's the last takeaway from the story of Edmund. After he was murdered, after he was martyred, it was a wolf who stayed by and protected his remains signifying that wolves can be redeemed, that wolves can be transformed, and that viciousness can be turned around when we are wise, committed to God, and when we offer ourselves as reconcilers to a divided world. Hate is never a Christian value. And although the church has been complicit with hateful acts in the past, this generation and future generations of the church must be the louder voice now, must commandeer the headlines, and be, be the gospel, be the church. Be the church that witnesses to the world the truth that preaching hate in the name of Jesus is never acceptable. Amen.